You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Tonight we just want to, you know, strengthen ourselves. I pray we'll have enough time to pray. Come with me to Matthew 17 as we, you know, continue in this. In Matthew 17, we have the account of the young boy that his father brought to Jesus. Matthew 17, I'll read from 14. He says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? He said, bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and he came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now, verse 19 and 20, which is where I'm going. Verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Okay? Now, the first thing I want us to even pick from here is this. Let us even be like the disciples. When we fail, let's ask questions. Praise the Lord. As simple as that. They asked. You come to Christianity... It's a serious matter. They said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said, don't worry. What did he answer? He said to them what? Because of your what? Unbelief. Because of your unbelief. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as what? A mustard seed. He's talking about small, little faith. You will say to this mountain, what? Move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. He's saying, if you have it right, if you understand it message will tell them because you are not yet taking god seriously because you are not yet taking god seriously what does it mean to take god seriously simply to take him seriously none of us here will you make a call and your balance is zero zero and you start traveling what will you do your phone. You will make sure you load it, isn't it? You say, ah. Or even if it's in the night, say, let me load this phone in case I need to make, isn't it? Now, how many of us spiritually feel low and say to ourselves, I need to set aside time to pray or to study? You don't do that because, I mean, if you feel low spiritually, even a lot on your phone can ginger up your spirit. So you're not thinking, you know, the spiritual implications of things. It's just on the side. But you see, there's a power that works in this thing. And I just hope that the Holy Spirit will help me tonight to communicate it. You see, I've always wondered, even as a young person, as a small boy, why do electrical wires carry at least two cables? Because there has to be what? Positive and what? Negative. You see, it has to come from somewhere. I understand that. It has to travel. So there has to be the one carrying the current and there has to be the one receiving the current. Abby? Now, the same way spiritually, there has to be two sides. Let me use another example that will help you better. How many of us operate bank accounts here? You operate bank accounts, almost everybody. Now, do you imagine having a bank account? You never make a deposit in. The day you go there and write a check, what will the bank tell you? You're a joker. They run the account, no deposit. And then you come, you're well-dressed. 
you're very well dressed and looking very serious and say to them, pay my check. They will look at you. Do you understand? They will say you're joking. You know why? For you to operate a bank account, you have to do what? Deposit and then do what? Withdraw. Nobody goes to withdraw if he has not made a deposit. And when you're depositing, sometimes it looks like you're dashing bank money. Isn't it? But when you need the money and you present your check and they pay you, you see that you didn't dash bank money. You were banking. The same way it is with spiritual things. When the word of God, you don't take it seriously. When it's time to draw down, they'll be looking at you. How can you be? How, how can you expect? Even you won't even expect. You'll just be saying it. How many of us have tried to, you know, cast out devils before? How many have said, come out and run back? It's a stage. Don't worry. Don't, next time, when you say come out, don't run back. Okay? <laughs> it's a phase. But I'm telling you, there is a way you take God seriously. And if you say to that devil, come out, and he doesn't come out, you'll be angry in your spirit. When you say come out and you run away, you're happy that he hasn't beaten you. And the demon knows. And then some people, at their level, he knows they're looking for entertainment. So when they say come out, say, hey, how are you? And they say, what's your name? Where do you come from? How many are you? You see, praise God. If I give you the key to my car, okay, and I say to you, take the key to my car, go to my car, and bring my glasses for me. You know my car. You have the key. If you went there and tried it, it didn't open. Will you jump back? What will you do? You just bring it out. Rearrange yourself. Uh, you see the way you're laughing. You see, you, you just <laughs> bring it out. You know, I mean, <laughs> what's going on here? Car, this is me with key. You see, there's an assurance that this thing they sent you to do is doable. That's what happens when you take God seriously. When you pray, when you speak to devils, when you pray anything, you wouldn't expect an answer because you're not joking with your master. And your master can't be joking with he does. He's not sending you on empty errands. He's not one of those uncles when we're growing up that will just send you away so they can finish the food they're eating. If he sends you then there is something to be done. That's what it means. That's what Jesus was saying. He said, you're not, how can this demon be harassing you people? He didn't say to them, you don't have, he said, if you have faith as little as a monster, if you took me seriously, and we know how, how seriously these people took Jesus. We know how seriously. He'll be telling them about things of the kingdom. Once he goes out, they start arguing. Me, minister for finance, you this. That's the level that we're at. While he was speaking about heavenly things, they were concerned about Jerusalem. Will he at this time restore? Finally, finally. After he had died though, and risen again, they were now saying, now you're a ghost. Will you make us governors and you know, commissioners in this Jerusalem? Now it will be easier for you. Do you understand? That's how blinded they were. And that's how come they'll be hiding and doing all kinds of things. But somebody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. But because when the Holy Ghost came, they now started, you know, having full understanding. But we have the Holy Ghost now. Praise the Lord. So Jesus set the pattern. This is why things don't happen. Like the song we sang, you know, it says, how can I stand here with you and not be changed by you? How can it be? How can it be? 
What else can be done for somebody that is in God's presence and is not changed? Praise the Lord. What else? The Hebrews have a saying that somebody cannot be in water and soap will blind his eyes. It's not possible now. If you're in water and soap blinds your eyes, where would they take you to? What would they try? Fire? How can I start? But you see, if you don't take him seriously, that's what will keep happening. That's what will keep happening. You know, it's so shocking the way you, you encounter people in, in the business world, you know, in the secular world. And then after you hear they are Christians, or maybe even worse still, you hear them pray. And you're wondering, huh? so you pray. The human being has a capacity to put things in compartments. To say, okay, okay, they, we've gone to church. Let's play it now. Let's play church. They say the right words, you know, have the right attitude and all of that. And when it gets to business, you see the person's eye come out. M- many years ago, I, we have, um, I have this friend. Okay, let me say this. I have this friend who is very calm. You know, he talks quietly. You know, everything, you know, he doesn't raise his voice. You see? But two things. When you play table tennis with him, you will see that Aboro is inside of him. You know the one that is Aboro? Or you discuss politics with him. But any other thing, he'll be calm. You won't hear his voice. Okay? So for such a person now, is he calm? He's not calm. There are some things he takes what? Seriously. That's what it is. Praise the Lord. So, so, so faith actually is simply taking God seriously. And then the plus and the minus works. The deposit and the withdrawal. So when God says, do this. He said, God said it too. God said it. And you're not joking with it. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Matthew 8. Let's see an illustration that captures it very well for us. It's the account of the centurion. In Matthew 8 verse 5, um, the Bible says, Jesus entered Capernaum and the centurion came to him. Pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at the home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said to Jesus, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, as surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, what is the proof of great faith here? The man didn't say, I have faith in you, in Jesus. He made a statement. He said, I am under authority. In other words, let me tell you what he said. The man said, I'm under control. That's what he said. He said, I'm here because Caesar said I should be here. And the Caesar that put me here, put people under me. And when I say to those under me, go, they're also under my control. So you know what he said to Jesus? You are a spiritual authority. And you are here by the order of someone who sent you. And because you're here under authority, under control, all other things are what? Under your control. Simple. That's faith. When you see a man, a woman, who will not submit to authority, he cannot have authority. Because, you see, you have to take something seriously. Whatever you take seriously, it will work. In that place, you will grow. You become powerful. The man said, I'm under control. I don't do what I wish. Caesar determines what I do. And because I'm under him, 
people also, he says, when I say to myself, and go, I don't follow up. He goes. That's faith. But that faith can only come when a man has what? Put himself under. He first walks on top of you. That's why it's not a game. It's not feelings. Praise the Lord. It's not feelings. In the dark world, they understand this thing so well. For those of us that have been involved in some things on the other side, you know that they don't joke with authority. Even these armed robbers, you see, they don't joke with authority. They don't joke. Because you miss that, then the thing can't work again. And the same way spiritually. i give you another illustration quickly. Elijah and Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings 2 from 9 to 14. This account is very funny because, you know, this story is always told as to how Elisha persevered. 2 Kings chapter 2 from verse 9. Yes, thank you. As to how Elisha persevered in following Elijah. From the beginning of this story, you know what keeps happening? Elijah will tell Elisha, I'm going, stay back. You know that's what kept happening. And Elisha will say what? As the Lord lives, what? I will not leave you. And then he'll follow him. Now let's read and see what happens there. Verse 9. Let's read together. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Okay? The next verse. So he said, You've asked a hard thing. Okay? Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. 12. And Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan, 14. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the word and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to see something. Let's go back to verse 9 of that passage. In verse 9, Elijah asked, what may I do for you before I'm taken from you? Did he ask him this question before now? What was he continually telling? He was saying, wait, go. Your service is over. I'm fine now. I don't need you to pour water on my hands for me. I'm fine. I'm fine. Now, what if Elisha had said, ah, thank you, sir. Okay, bye-bye. What will happen? Will he receive a double portion? The thing there is this, what we're learning, is taking God's word seriously. As a little child, and many of us may probably have the same experience, when your parents are traveling or making any of those journeys, you see, sometimes they leave early in the morning. Even if you don't normally wake up, it is wisdom to see them to the car. Because you know what? As you're saying bye-bye, you're the last person. You'll continue to be on his mind. Any shop he enters, He'll remember you and remember your size. No, be so they walk. You see, they're traveling. You don't even come out to say bye-bye. When they come back, don't even come out to say welcome because they didn't remember you. Elisha 
kept following. But that's not even the main part I'm going. The main part I'm going was that when he made the request, look at verse 10 and see. That's on the side. Look at verse 10. He said what he asked is a hard thing. What is the condition? If you see me. That meant it was necessary for Elisha to follow. But it was not told him before. It was not told him. They didn't tell him. This is the way it's going to happen. But you see, have you done what you know to do? If God were to put on a scale your efforts in the secular and your efforts in the spiritual, would they call you wise spiritually? I've noticed, and it's normal. Nobody here in the physical wants to be left out. Everybody here in the physical, you want to be, you know, you want to be on top of your game. But it's only in the spiritual things that people boast in mediocrity, in ignorance. I don't know. <laughs> they said something. But if it's what is happening with Trump in America, you don't even have visa. What happened in Zamfara? Argument on Facebook. You will finish the whole argument. It, it will profit you nothing. But what, what happened in church? And you know, the pastor is just, you know how he is. And you feel good saying it because it shows that you're a bad guy. Elisha had to see Elijah taking up to receive the anointing. Nobody told him. He had to come from his inside. It was when he got there that they said, ah, if you see me. I said, this man is wicked, dude. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you see me when I'm taking up, and you were telling him to wait, don't follow me again, don't follow me again. Whereas you knew that the only condition with which he will receive the anointing was that if he saw you. That is for a lot of us that are looking for encouragement. Let me tell you, if you want to make progress in your Christian work, human encouragement, if it comes, let it be like the enjoyment we talked about on Sunday. Some people like to be encouraged. And it's okay if God sends you such people. Praise the Lord. But when you know what you want, when you know the values, the things that God had prepared for you, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, who for what? The joy that was set before him endured. Do you know the Lord Jesus, his own brothers did not believe him or have you read that in your Bible? Even his brothers did not believe him. His disciples said to him, that's not the way to save us. Don't die. Kill every other person. Why should you go to the cross? Nobody encouraged him. So encouragement is good if it comes. But you cannot progress and achieve your potential as a Christian. If you're looking, who encouraged Elijah? The sons of the prophets, the whole of them, the only thing they were bringing was, was discouragement. Do you know your master will be taken away? Hold your peace. Do you know your master? He kept following. But we now see what was going on. He said, if you see me, if you see me, brethren, what are we saying? This thing works. And this is the very reason for a lot of people is as though it's not working. Because they're not taking it seriously. A few of us here, you know, are involved in maybe business, you know, in different areas of life. You know, if I, you're a gym lion, you know, I can't call you gym rat because you're bigger than a rat. The way you take your gym, do you miss gym? But you miss service. Pastor, I was moving house. Do you understand? Every one of us here will have our areas. But, you see, the benefits of Christianity 
will become real to you as you take it more seriously. As you take it more seriously. In every area. Let me try use this account and, and round up. So we'll have a bit of time. Acts 19. Acts 19. Verse 11. It's not a game. Tonight we're not talking about the heaven side because this is kingdom case. Okay, so we're talking about results. Progress. You see, I want you to get to the point where your Christianity, you become a brand ambassador for the faith. You understand what I'm saying? That's the way it should be. In Acts 19, the Bible says God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Okay? God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. Diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Okay, now let's look at this first. Paul is a brother like you and I. When I read this, I said, Lord, Paul is gone. Yesterday is gone. Today who? You and I are here. Let it be my testimony. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Let it be that God worked unusual miracles. In addition to this, let me tell you what the Spirit of God ministered to me. He said, in the time of Paul, he said, I think I've said it in some service, you know, a few years ago or recently. The major problem everywhere was sickness. Okay? Sickness by evil spirit. We are in a time where the problem is more than sickness. If you are here now and you're involved in anything security, you know God can solve the kidnapping problem through you. Do you understand? That's a law you're an engineer. God has solved, you know, flooding problem through you. What this is saying is this. God will use his people who are submitted to him in everywhere they are to advertise his power. So you walk in an office. Just like we saw with Daniel. Daniel didn't heal anybody. But the wonders of God were demonstrated through him. So sometimes we can narrow our minds and shut out what God is saying. The simple thing is this. God wants to walk through you. For somebody, it might be through healing. I mean, in any sense, if there are people around you. But wherever you see a problem, God has a solution. Praise the Lord. And it can be so unusual that it will be clear it is God. Okay? So, 12 said, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons, you know, whatever. 13. 13 said, then, as a result of this, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Brethren, Aren't you jealous that people who are not even serious will begin to copy you? Do you understand what is happening here? Exorcist. Now we're in a time where people from church go to native doctors. But here it's saying that native doctors started copying Paul. Many years ago, when the um, Ombatse thing happened, I cried to the Lord. I said that. So there are people that can harass DSS and, you know, humiliate them like this. Let it be that for such people, they come and hire Christians and say, please go and pray and neutralize them. Let's go and arrest them. But we're in a time now, I read today, I think either today or yesterday, 
a policeman seriously was advocating that they should involve uh, native doctors with this fight against crime. How many of us saw it? Because he told one story that I don't even want to repeat here. I don't want to glorify the devil. And I want to even say that story must be a lie. But very dramatic story. You know? Very dramatic story. That when 15 years ago, when he was in active force, because they retired policeman. Anyway, long and short is that he was advocating that they should engage the services of native doctors. And you hear no place where they say they should engage the services of pastors. Why would they engage the services of pastors when pastors are engaging the services of police? And the native doctors are not engaging the services of police. Because the pastors are not taking God seriously because God cannot protect them. Can you see how it works? The world should be copying us. Our musicians should be musicking what they music and then the world is copying us. But our musicians are copying the worldly musicians. So how can we win them? It says God so walked through Paul that the exorcist started copying Paul. If nothing provokes your jealousy reading this, then I don't know where you're coming from. That a fellow Christian lived in his world so much that the evil people started dubbing him. That's taking God seriously. That's understanding that it's not a game. Anyway, we'll we move on from there. So they started saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Let me ask you a question. At this point, hadn't Jesus been preached to them to believe in? They could have also believed in Jesus. But you see, they wanted to continue in their evil ways, but they wanted the power. That's what was happening here. They just knew that this thing, they walk through Paul. So they went on. Now, let's go to the, where it gets more interesting. It says, so there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest. Who did so? And when these people went to the evil spirit, they said, the evil spirit answered, which means they must have said, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. So they spoke the words. The evil spirit answered and said to them, eh? Eh, no, that's Bible. Eh? <laughs> eh? They say, come out by the Paul. They say, eh, you. <laughs> Jesus, I know. You know, Paul, I also know. He said, but you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to stir up your jealousy. Paul was a believer in Jesus. You and I are believers in Jesus. Will evil spirits say today, Jesus I know, Hadiza I know, Jide I know, Idowa I know. Would they say that? Or come on. Would they say that? Joe I know. That is our, that's why we must take this thing seriously. Praise the Lord. That's why we must take it seriously. Because we've been taught here, we must be noted in hell. There are some Christians that the only thing they have in hell is that they're waiting for them. That's those who score 39%. They will come in singing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, going to hell. God forbid. God forbid. 
Because if you're singing hallelujah and living the life of an unbeliever, where will you go? If you had a beautiful plate of, what food do you like? Beans. Afan. Beautiful plate of afan prepared for you. And just as you're about to eat it, one very, you know, well-fed cockroach drops on it and leaves, you know, that white this thing. What will win? A plate of afan. You see, evil doesn't have to be much. That's what Christians must understand. Let nobody deceive us. You know, some people tell you, that is the law. What is the law? In the book of Revelation, Jesus said to them, because you have not kept my commandment, you have not obeyed me. Is there a law in Revelations? Or in Revelation? People are being deceived everywhere. Trying to make people comfortable in iniquity. Okay? So, they said, Jesus, I know. I know. Who are you? That's the interaction. And you know the rest of the story. They say the evil spirit said for breaking protocol, for impersonation, one evil spirit from one man, he said he leapt out, beat them, took off their clothes, and they fled outside the house, what? Naked and wounded. Now, this is something with a word under the right authority. The devil would have just come back. You see how powerful our faith is when we take it seriously. You know, because we take a lot of things for granted, you kneel down and you pray and get up and things happen. You don't know the power that works behind it. It's not a joke. People of God, it's not a joke. Every night you sleep and wake up, there are battles that are fought for you. Every time you drive on the road, yesterday, I was driving on the road. Luckily, I had someone with me. A lady ran into the road. You know how they run and are calculating the speed of a passing vehicle? I don't know what this lady's mathematics was. But she was running right in front of me. And there was no vehicle behind me. So she could have waited and I would pass. Now, I had a choice. If I started stopping, it won't work. So I had to increase speed and then move to the last lane. And she kept pursuing me. Now, I'm telling you, she may not have known what she was doing. But you see, the enemy could throw that up. Just to upset your program, you know, to mess up your day. But who knows when God intervened and blocked that? Praise the Lord. Many things happen behind the scenes. But because God takes us out and brings us in, it's as though nothing is happening. Paul says, get out and the thing goes. These people say, get out. And seven of them are bleeding and naked. Right then, there is power in Christianity. It's when people don't take it seriously that it's as though. I've shared this testimony. I share for some other person here. Is one of my direct experiences, and I thank God for it because it's so significant for me. My dad, before he passed on, he was very ill, you know. But before he passed on, they said he will be in his room like this, and he'll be telling the people who are with him. He said, "Them, see them. They have come, or they have come. Everybody will be confused. They have come. They want to carry me. They have come, you know. So after a while, and I also thank God for that because it means my family people now know, know truly that I'm born again. You know, some of us in our family." The only time they call us is when they're contributing money to pay for Nepa for Mama. They don't call you for anything spiritual because your spiritual thing, this one is spiritual every day, you go fight every day. Anyway, so they called me from Enugu and said, this is what's happening to our father. And, you know, I just got on the plane, went down to Enugu, you know, sat with him. He told me how it happened that they will come. And I said, do you like the people? He said, he doesn't like them all. I said, okay, so they're from hell. Let's deal with this. 
had led him to Christ before. I led him to Christ again. And we prayed. And we gave a command. You be, if you come here again, the type of fire that will burn you. And I came back to Abuja the same day or the next day. Never again. Praise the Lord. Never again did he see them. Never again did they come. Now, you see, this thing, it works. It works. Is it police that are going to keep my father from seeing spirits that are from him? Which policeman will go and arrest them? But you see, there is power in the name of Jesus. But for that name to work, they have to know you. It's not your bank account they know. No. You have to be known in heaven. You have to be known on earth. You have to be known in hell. Praise the Lord. Very important. You see, when people joke with this thing, you know, you live your life anyhow, you treat your wife anyhow, your husband or your children, you watch any type of... There are things I can't even laugh at. I'm so constrained. Even jokes. They're cracking a joke. The Spirit of God is pointing things to me. You can't laugh at that. You can't enjoy that. Because it's a battle. Everything counts. You know, for those of us who watch football a lot, as I watch football now, I see that even there's techniques in falling. There's a way you fall, you won't get red card. But there's a way they fall, and the way they will roll, roll, then they'll lift up the head. The referee will just go for red. Then when you see replay, you see that they didn't even touch them. So part of the training, they train them how to fall. They train, you know, this thing is, if they would do such for ordinary soccer, Imagine spiritual things. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so, this was what happened. This is the result, which is, you know, where we run. It says, the man in whom, uh, 16, the evil spirit was, uh, was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. It says, this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Now, 18 and 19. It says, And many who had believed came confessing and telling their needs. You know what the result was? The people took Christianity serious. How many of us here have gone to a brother, a HOD, a pastor, to say, Pastor, I do this, pray for me. You have not taken it seriously. The truth is that I don't think any normal human being wants to occupy himself hearing the bad things you do. It's only assignment. You understand? It's necessity that will make him hear. I don't like hearing a lot of things. Though. But what this says is this. If you take it serious, then you can confess. As a young Christian, I, I went, I'll go and meet the pastors. and say, sir, this and this and this. If you take it, but if you don't take it seriously, what's there? They've not caught you. You know what many people call repentance today? It's not repentance. It's that you were caught. It's not repentance. Is when you catch, catch and tell. And they only tell as much as you caught. But look at what happened. He said, man, they came confessing and telling them. So a man, Paul, you know, and uh, who was it with them? Silas. And they just sat down and were hearing nonsense. It was not for the edification of Paul. It was for their liberation. Because as they confessed it, it said to the devil, these people are breaking their covenant with you. That's what genuine Christianity is. You can't be coming here and be hiding and be hiding. Anybody ever taking an injection with clothes on, whether the nurse is ugly or beautiful, you remove the thing. Isn't it? Nobody goes to a doctor and hides. 
How can you come to Jesus and be hiding? And you say you want Jesus to touch you. How can I stand here with you and not be moved by you? When you're clothed, when there is no nakedness, when there is no openness, you will stand and go and nothing will change. No confession, no exposure. No, since you got married, no counseling, nothing. Everything, you swear with your wife. If you tell anybody, I kill you. Then two of you will be dead. The devil just say, I have this one. I've got this marriage in my hands. They came confessing and telling their deeds. That's Christianity. Today you don't see people come confess again and tell anything. Because their prestige, their PR, they, they don't want you to reduce their PR. But who is doing The devil knows everything now. You know the thing about this thing? The devil knows. God knows. You know. When you tell another person, it's for your deliverance. It's not, it won't help anybody. Some people say they'll preach it. They're already preaching with you by the Holy Spirit's illumination. So if you can't tell them, they use you to do someone. They're already using it to do someone now before you said it. Every time you come, they use it to do someone because the Spirit bears witness. You know, I don't understand people. I came to church. I've told you this testimony. I came to church as a young Christian when I was struggling with, you know, dealing with some of these, my customers in the bank. And the pastor said, what is half a million that you're going to, you know, lose your Christianity or your faith for? And I, I was to collect half a million. The, that same day, I was double-minded. You know, I was struggling with God. So I told them the next day. So I came for midweek service. Digging deep then, Bible study. And the pastor said, what is 500,000 that you're going to lose your faith for? 500,000 I should have collected before I came that I pushed to the next morning. So the Holy Spirit already knows. He said, if I tell, they'll know my business. They already know your business. Today I've told some of your businesses, even incorporated. So you tell it's for your good. Praise the Lord. So it says, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their this. 19 says, and also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And counted, they counted the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of instruments of sin were surrendered for destruction. The things that, you know, went, these days they don't keep records now. In our own days, the biggest thing was when somebody, you know, takes all his albums and goes and destroys. Or his VHS, you know the VHS one, video cassette, that showed us kinds of things that shouldn't be seen. And takes and goes... Today's time now, it is delete and block. You understand? He said they took the things with which they practiced. It cost them something. It was not private repentance. They could have burnt their magic books at home. But what were they declaring? They were declaring this is serious business. People used to bring cars and say, Pastor, the business, I, the, the money I got, I used to buy this car. I'm not sure about it. I can't go back, but... I am dropping it here. You take steps that show that this thing we are doing is not a joke. For a lot of people, it's entertainment. Say, how did the pastor perform today? Six over ten. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. There's a crown prepared for you and I. There's a race we are running. We're not running. We're not beating about the bush. We're not boxing the air. We are going somewhere. Praise the Lord. We're going somewhere. The master says, he whom he foreordained, then he also predestined, and then he called. Before God started you on this journey, he saw you in glory. He saw you winning. 
God didn't call you to be a Christian so that the devil will be playing with you. Did the devil play with Paul? Did he play with Peter? They fought their battles and they progressed daily. Let's rise on our feet. You're making progress. You're making progress. I say you're making progress. Say he that began the good work in you, he will be faithful to perform it until the very end. God didn't call us weaklings. He said you are overcomers. The trials, the temptations. I've gone through my own. There are things that you know that God does. You go to God say, deliver me. And you see yourself. You see things falling off of you. You see habits falling off of you. You see patterns breaking. You see even your dreams will change. Some of us, we still dream things that should provoke you. To say, thus far, no more. You say words. Lord, let this type of words never come from my mouth. Why are we saying that? Because there's a battle. There's a battle. And there's a victory to enter into. I want you to go to the Lord. Begin by telling him that you chose me for this. You chose me for this race. He says, you have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. For somebody here, the devil is trying to discourage you. I rebuke that liar now. In the name of Jesus Christ. What you're hearing is not to intimidate you. It's to activate you. It's to activate you. Before God started with you, he saw you victorious. He saw you conquering. He saw you winning. When he put his spirit on you, it was a seal. It was a signet saying this one finished well. Saying this one is a quality product. This one will look like Jesus. This one will glorify the kingdom. This one will be a source of praise for my name. This one is a winner. This one is a winner. That's what the Lord declared concerning you. But the Bible says, can two walk together unless they be agreed? What all I need from you tonight is your agreement. The ability God has provided it. He said, our Lord Jesus Christ said to the apostles, he said, don't worry, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. Tonight, the power is available. Give the Lord the willingness. Tell the Lord, Lord, I surrender. I surrender my Christianity. I will not joke with it. I will not play with it. This is not a joke. It's not about my uncle. It's not about my father. It's not about my mother. It's not about my brother. It's not about the pastor. I see glory ahead. I see the glory of the Lord. I see the praises of the Lord. I see, the Bible says we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I see the cloud of witnesses. I see Daniel saying to me, child of God, you can do it. I see Esther saying to a young lady here, you can shine. I see them, I see them. I see them saying to you, you can make it. You are an overcomer. Grace is available to you. There is no way sin can win us. For the Bible says where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Somebody say, Pastor, you don't understand where I'm coming from. You don't understand what I've been doing. You don't understand what I put my hands into. Whatever you put your hands into by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I break its hold upon you. In the name of Jesus, there is liberty in the house. There is deliverance. I needed to say to the Lord, I will be what you said I will be. I will be what you said I will be. Not in my life will the devil win. I cannot give him platform. No, it's, it's not in my life. It's not in me that he will find victory. It's not in me. There is no parking space. I give him no place. I confess my faults. 
I confess my sins. I acknowledge. Acknowledge before my God. I've not gotten it right. But tonight I say yes to your will. I say yes to your will. Fill my heart with desire. Fill my heart with passion. Clothe me with zeal. Set me on fire for you. This is not a game. I want to be noted in heaven. I want when I appear in a place, let there be manifest. Let the devils scamper. Let the demons run. The blood that was put upon my head, it cannot be in vain. The blood of a lamb kept the angel of death from entering the family in Egypt. The blood of Jesus is upon my head now. It keeps every work of darkness. It keeps every power of Satan. It keeps everything, every manifestation. Of evil. It keeps it away. I am born of God. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you need to shout, shout it. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. There is power in this thing. Jesus Christ said, I've given you authority over every power, over every work of Satan. What he said is that we will tread upon serpents and scorpions and they shall by no means harm us. Even when we drink deadly things, it will not harm us. Why? Because the power of God is at work in us. Child of God in your office, in your academics, in your relationships, everything that concerns you. The gospel is power. The gospel is victory. The gospel is deliverance. Let nobody tell you, today still works. At the name of Jesus, devils still scamper. At the name of Jesus, doors still open. At the name of Jesus, favor still comes. There is healing in that name today. There is victory in that name. There is distinguishing in that name. Things still change in that name. Masolato Sandagande. Lego Jindaganda. I need you to reorientate yourself concerning yourself. You're not ordinary. You're not ordinary. You're not ordinary. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the Spirit of the Living God. You have power over sin, over the devil, over sickness. Every gang up, every plot of the enemy, everything, no matter where it's coming from. Somebody is there and say, Pastor. It's from my village. It's from my father. It's from my grandfather. I cut it off. I severe that link. I severe that link. The blood of Jesus speaks over you. Those listening here, those that are listening online, those that will listen by media, I say by the authority I have as a servant of the Most High God, I say by the power that is in the blood. I serve the enemy. Quit notice. Get out. Get out of these lives. They have believed the word of God today. And it becomes effective. They prosper. Their souls are prospering. So their bodies are prospering. Their relationships are prospering. Their minds are prospering. Everything concerning them. Wombs are prospering. Eyes are prospering. Minds are prospering. Favor I'm a Christian. The devil should run. I'm a Christian. 
means I come in the line of Jesus. I follow Jesus. I follow Paul. I follow Peter. I follow Daniel. These are those that have gone ahead of me. You need to pray, pray. Brethren, he's walking. He's walking. Things are changing. Some of us are going to have visitations. Some of us will receive immediate confirmation that something has changed, that God has heard you. There's a lifting, there's a transformation. Somebody's been set on fire. Let's begin to thank the Lord. Let's begin to thank Him. Let's begin to thank Him. Let's begin to thank Him. There's a victory. We receive power. Can we just raise, lift our hands? My Father, my God, this is not a game. This is power. Let your people receive a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost now. All over this auditorium, those watching online, let them receive power now. Power to win. The overcoming anointing. In the name of Jesus, every hold of the enemy. Tonight, tonight, tonight is broken. It's broken. Every link from the pit of hell, whether consciously opened or invited or unconsciously, by the anointing, I say that relationship is severed. 
These ones are set free. These are your redeemed. I plead the blood of Jesus over every soul here. Over every soul here. It speaks forgiveness. It speaks mercy. It speaks a new day. It speaks favor. It speaks sound mind. It speaks power. In the name of Jesus. None of these ones will be under the devil again. Lord, your word says that we crush Satan underneath our feet. I say literally, the enemy is put underneath the feet of these ones. In the name of Jesus, they walk in victory. They walk in power. Jesus, you are our champion. You are the captain of our salvation. You have won the victory for us. We follow you. We walk in your footsteps. We walk in the victory that you have won for us. We say we are victorious. We are victorious. We conquer in the name of Jesus. Let's give a shout of praise. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.